Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harrison Walker. Join us each week as we explore the far reaches of the globe in search of unique characters and stories to share. Reach beyond your front door and let's chat about art, architecture, history, real estate, and more. Let's jump in. It is said that it is better to give than receive. Giving gifts has been an integral part of human behavior for millennia. Gifts can be humble and homemade or elaborate and extravagant. Gifts are often given with intent and personal relevance, but sometimes they carry messages of greater weight and import. Why do we give gifts? What are the unspoken rules? Favor us with your ear as we open up on the notion of gift giving. that time of year again the decorations the parties the food of course and the gifts I know I'm so excited I love this time of year I love giving gifts I love getting gifts but you have more than your fair share of gift giving at this time of year don't you Walker I do we have five count it five family birthdays in December oh There is not only a whole lot of cake floating around, there are a lot of gifts flying back and forth this month as well. The planning and the shopping is always intense for me in the month of December. I can imagine. That is a lot. Yeah, it is. And I have to admit, it tires me out. But having said this, I absolutely love the holidays. Mm -hmm. My credit card, not so much, but I absolutely love the holidays. I know. My credit card is smoking a little (laughs) bit at the moment, too. But how do you manage it all? That's a lot of gift buying on top of the Christmas gifts as well. I start early. I shop in the early fall, probably around September, because I don't like shopping for gifts at the last minute. I find it extremely stressful. And I know if I'm looking for something specific at the last minute, I'm pretty much guaranteed not to find it. And, and... I love a great sale. I love a great sale too. Just like Black Friday last week. Did you do some shopping then? Oh, absolutely. My fingers were flying over the keyboard. Me too. So there is a method then to your madness. And I've always been envious of your early start. I know it's sort of because of your family birthdays, but I'm always scrambling at the last minute. And I agree. It's really stressful. Well, starting early is great. Not only does it get some of these items sort of off your checklist, uh, and it spreads the cost out over a few months as well, which is really important. That's a nice benefit. There is a downside, though. And sometimes what happens is when I shop so far in advance, when Christmas comes around or the birthdays, these people who I'm buying for have already purchased that gift that I bought for them in advance for themselves or they received it as a birthday gift and I was going to end up giving it for Christmas Mm. yeah and then there's also the issue where I have this reputation I think it happened once or twice where I lost a couple of gifts somewhere in the house because I bought them early and I hid them away my family thinks I'm like a squirrel that hides nuts for the winter and then can't find them so I have that I haven't lived down that reputation but it does happen Yeah, I can imagine, you know, we forget things over time, women of our age. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's a bit of a risk. But do you buy then with a good return policy in mind? Yes, I definitely do. And I also look for items that they have either expressed interest in or something unique that I think they'd really enjoy and be excited to receive. Yeah, that should be the rule of gift giving. Gifts should be purchased with the personality and interests of the 
recipient in mind. But I don't think that's always the case, is it? Well, you would think it would be. There are gift givers out there who only give what they like, things that they like themselves. Yeah, if I like it, they must like it (laughs) mentality. I've been on the receiving end of that quite a few times. My beloved dad is the best gift giver of very practical items. And he often gives presents that he thinks will add value to our lives. Even things that we've never thought of like moisture meters for the wall and air pressure sensors for your tires, those kinds of things. So he buys those kinds of items for us, but he always buys them for himself too. So it's kind of a good example of that. Right. Or those people who attach a lot of value to brand names and think that everyone else does too Mm -hmm. might be the ugliest Balenciaga sweater on the planet, but they still think it's a great gift. You know those ones, right? I do know those ones. Yeah. Gift giving truly doesn't have to be complicated though. A good rule of thumb is that if you give from the heart, you can't go wrong. I completely agree. But what we give and how it is presented apparently has more relevance to our relationships than we might initially think. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if that's why wrapping paper and gift bags are such big business. Exactly. Psychologists say that gift giving is an important part of social behavior, which contributes to bonding and strengthening relationships, particularly those relationships with family members and our friends. By offering something that someone wants, we're actually letting that person know that we value the relationship and that we know them well. Mm. Sometimes, too, we use gifts as a way of expressing appreciation. We do that often, don't we, Harris? Yeah, we actually do that very often. I think it's one of our core values to make sure the people in our lives, whether they're clients or family or friends, Mm -hmm. feel appreciated and recognized. That tradition did not start with us. Did you know that ancient humans gave each other rocks or animal teeth as a sign of appreciation or in the hopes of strengthening their relationships? That must have been a very special rock. Yeah, I wonder if they wrapped it up in anything. Yeah. (laughs) A leaf? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Something like that. Uh, So that's probably the earliest evidence of Hmm. gift giving among humans. And gifts were often used to cement relationships, not just between people, though, but between people and their gods as well. In ancient Greece, for example, it was common to present gifts and offerings to the gods in exchange for their protection during travel or during warfare. People today still give tithes to their religious institutions or make offerings at at their places of worship. Right. So charitable donations are also viewed as gifts, too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Did you also know that gifting occurs among other species too? Uh, <laughs> I'm somehow not surprised, but okay. Tell yeah, me. it's tell pretty me more. crazy. Snails. Really? Squid. Crickets. Butterflies. Chimpanzees, which you oh, could yeah, yeah, understand. That. And even bed bugs. Oh, here we are again with the yep, bed bugs. Bed bugs have been known to deliver gifts to improve their chances with a prospective mate. Oh. Like dowry gifts. Yes, like gross, creepy little dowry (laughs) gifts. The dowry gift is actually a long-held custom among many cultures in which the bride's family makes a gift, usually in the form of money or land, to the groom's family. Mm -hmm. Even entire cities have been given in a dowry, like the cities of Tangier, along with the equivalent sum of more than one billion pounds, when Catherine of Braganza married Charles II of England and Scotland in the 1660s. Hmm. Or 
you can keep it simple. Like this one Californian father who demanded 100 cases of Corona beer, 50 cases of Modelo, six bottles of wine. I don't know why only six. 50 cases of Gatorade, another 50 of soda, and some meat. Well, that's not only bizarre, but a bit gross. <laughs> what a thirsty guy. <laughs> <laughs> what does some meat mean? <laughs> I don't know. He's very specific about his beverages, but very general when it comes to his meat. His meat. I guess you need a little something salty along with all that beer. I don't know. It is the craziest thing. Apparently, this dude was arrested for trying to arrange this marriage for his underage daughter. Oh, that's doubly gross. Yeah. Somehow I'm not surprised. Though. I know. Pretty, pretty weird <laughs> and slimy. It's a good example, though, of gift giving with an eye on the future, as said by Dr. Laver, Department of History at Rochester Institute of Technology. That young man was willing to pony up all the bevies in the world and some meat for the girl of his dreams. <laughs> When we make a donation or volunteer our time, these are typically gifts we don't expect to be reciprocated, right? Like we do on holidays or for birthday exchanges, but we actually do receive something, Walker. That feel-good feeling, right? Exactly. Yeah, it does. We actually do receive a gift in the form of dopamine. When mm -hmm. we give gifts, it makes us feel good. A 20th century French sociologist, Marcel Mauss, discussed the way in which the bonds between people are strengthened through gift giving. He claimed that in theory, such gifts are voluntary, but in fact, they are given and repaid under obligation. Sociologist Dimitri Mortelmans underlines this as well. He says that there is a debt balance which occurs when gifts are given which results in a cycle of gift repayment to make sure that the people in the relationship do not get upset. Do you feel obligated to give a gift in return when you receive one, Walker? I do. I I consider myself by nature to be a giver, so yeah. I feel terrible if I don't have something to give. If somebody gives me something, it's in that moment, and I just, when I'm empty-handed, yeah, taken off guard, it's an uncomfortable feeling, I just, I feel badly. I know, I do too, and that's why I always, especially around the holiday season, keep some things on hand right. that I can quickly wrap up, you know, yes. I gotta go to the bathroom, and then wrap up a present and bring it out, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I feel the same way, but really it is the thought that counts. How many times do you think you've heard that saying? Many. Yeah. But what <laughs> if there are no thoughts going along with a gift that you receive and it's just blatantly obvious? Have you ever received a present like that? I don't know if I've ever received a gift from a person that had little to no thought put into the gift. Probably... I was more likely, I more likely received a gift from the person where they missed the mark when they thought that I would like it because they like it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have similar interests, so I think they just sort of thought that I would like it. Yeah, but. yeah, and that's a little different. When somebody gives you a gift that you can really tell there's no thought involved, it is a little bit obvious. Obvious and interesting. <laughs> I remember one year we received as a family. Do you know when you're at a sporting event and they have those t-shirt guns and they shoot 
swag out of the t-shirt gun. Hot dogs. I thought you were going to say you got a bunch of hot dogs. <laughs> Not hot dogs. <laughs> Somebody gave me a hot dog for a gift. I don't think I'd be too enthusiastic. Uh, and this wasn't much better, but you know, the like you get those freebies. Like even when yeah. you go to the bank, you yeah. get a freebie. Each member of my family got some kind of freebie that this person had received throughout the year. I mean, still nice that they thought to wrap something up for us, but... Family gifts are hard to buy. Family (laughs) gifts are hard to buy. But did you know that a whopping 50% of people don't like the gifts they receive? That's high. That's a lot. They still might appreciate the effort, like I said, and the intention behind the present, but they just don't like the gift. That's kind of why I like my family's holiday draw we have every Christmas. We have a budget limit, so you're not going to get into that overvalue, undervalue thing. And we pretty much tell each other what we want, and everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. All expectations met. Okay, so it makes sense, but does it take a little surprise out of it? No? Yeah, it does, for sure. Okay, so do you think it's okay to tell the gift giver that you already have that item that they gave you or that you don't like it? No, I don't think it's okay. I think that's really rude. Yeah, I am also a firm no for telling people they failed to hit the mark, but I'm not sure about whether you should tell people if you already have it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it depends on how close you are and how comfortable you are with that person, whether if they find out later that you already received it, that they're going to feel deceived, that you didn't feel comfortable enough to tell them. I don't know. Yeah, you weren't honest. I actually know someone who says, you shouldn't have. Really? You shouldn't have. Oh. When either they don't like what you've what they've received from you or that they already have it. Well, that is <laughs> honest, I suppose, but kind of awful. I spend a lot of time, and I know you do too, spend a lot of time choosing gifts for people. So when it's not received well, it can be kind of hurtful. But I've always coached my kids just to say thank you and smile and Keep it at that when they're opening a present. Don't show anything on your face. <laughs> Poker face. Well, you're exa- you're exactly right. According to emilypost.com, a simple thank you and saying it in a very gracious way is good enough. Perhaps honesty is not the best policy when receiving gifts. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. What about the practice of re-gifting though? Acceptable or not acceptable to you? I think it's absolutely acceptable. I hate waste. So that's part of the reason why I'm I'm accepting of regifting. If it's something I can't use or eat or wear, why not share that with somebody who really would enjoy it? It's not being disrespectful to the gift giver in my mind because you see the value in in what you've received and you're just sort of paying it forward. Apparently I'm not alone too. A reported 67% of people reported in a cosmopolitan survey that they have regifted a present. Well, that includes me too. Usually it's a gift from someone who doesn't know me very well. Yeah. Good old Emily Post though suggests that we should do so only rarely and that only under certain circumstances. The gift is something you know the person who you're going to give it to will really like it. Okay. The gift is brand new. So no unwrapped, no banged up, 
No. <laughs> Don't even Nothing think about your, your hairs. From your storage room in the cellar. Okay. That's exactly. been sitting there for 20 years. Got the gift, it. The gift is not handmade or engraved or monogrammed or has any personal element to it. And okay. finally, you are sure that the person who originally gave it to you didn't take a significant amount of time and energy to make or acquire it for you. Now, I don't even know how you could even determine that. But yeah. I think that's I know, but say. you know those things. Like, I remember my sister made me this sort of diorama when I had kids, and it's all made out of, do you know what Fimo is? Yeah. It's like a model, yeah, modeling <laughs> clay that you bake, and it turns yeah. hard. And it's like a little thing of my family and my pets, and it's really, really cute. I still have it and it takes up a lot of space but there's no way I could ever get rid of it because I know she put Aww. so much love and effort into it I have one of those in the basement with the proboscis monkey in it <laughs> what we made a FEMO diorama <laughs> My son did when he was in grade school. We, I just saw it the other day, actually, in the basement. They are not attractive creatures. I'm just going to say it right now. They are not attractive. Poor proboscis I monkeys. I know. Okay, well, let me just add one more circumstance. I think you need to be reasonably sure that your regift won't show up again in your gift giver's hands somewhere down the road and expose your regifting. I've actually heard of this happening. And one of the funniest ones I read was a couple who received a punch bowl set for their wedding from another couple that they knew who was also recently married. And when they opened it up, there was a card inside saying, congratulations on your wedding, Sarah and Bob. But their names were not Sarah and Bob. So that punch bowl was making the rounds. Definitely a rewrap for the re-gift is a must-do. Yeah. However, I do get worried about that when I use old gift bags to give people gifts at the tag. Yeah, I always check the tag. But <laughs> isn't it okay to oh, reuse gift bags? Because oh, that would be I, so absolutely. wasteful. They're not, you're not supposed to. It's not one use for yeah. a gift bag, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, if they're like ripped no, and ratty. like if they're pristine just looking, Just give those ones to your kids. Nice. Yeah. Give the ratty ones to your children <laughs> and the nice ones. Out. Well, there's definitely a give and a take with gift giving, though. Have you ever received a gift from someone that was way over the top compared to what you gave them? Yeah, nothing really comes to mind, but it really is a, a bit of a tightrope walk, isn't it? We try and strike a balance between undergiving and overgiving, especially with people who are a little removed from close friends and family, because that gift is a symbol of how we perceive that relationship. So we don't want to you know, send out that message that we undervalue the so, recipient. So true. The balance of gifts isn't always related to the monetary value of the gift either. It could be that one person puts more thought or creativity into the gift than the other person as well. Yeah, it's true. I have some really, really crafty friends who can create the most amazing things and their gifts are always exceptional. Uh, they've spent a ton of time and effort and cost and I just can't match that. I can barely cut in a straight line with my kitchen scissors, let alone create something that is giftable. But I always feel like I'm offering a little bit undervalue to these creative folks with my store-bought stuff. Well, perhaps you should stick with your same plan. <laughs> perhaps they might prefer those than any creative experiments from you. What are you trying to say? What are you, you trying to say, Walker? You just described yourself of not being able to cut a straight line, so... 
<laughs> I don't know. The store pack. Well, I know what I'm giving you. I know what I'm giving you for Christmas, Walker. Uh, a diorama. <laughs> yeah. Are there any gifts that you would have heard of um, that are hot ticket items this year? I think the trend is the more personalized, the better. Right. So that may be a product of the pandemic, which highlighted the importance of family and friends. And maybe we're all looking to communicate that a little bit more somehow. And there are so many ways to personalize a present. You can get, you know, somebody's fur baby's photo on a pillow for their living room or arrange a really special longed after experience. But even something as simple as a holiday card can go a long way to letting people know you're thinking of them. Yeah, I've heard that people are asking for and sort of receiving more experiences as opposed to physical items these days. Yeah, I think people are looking to simplify, which means a desire for less stuff. Mm. And I know that I fall into that category. Experiences create a lifetime of memories, uh, and I can't think of anything more personal. Mm -hmm. In fact, I used to give my parents weekends away here and there at a local inn. Uh, they would look after my kids and, you know, really go above and beyond helping us out. And so I wanted to do something special for them. And they loved the food. They loved the change of scenery, even just the drive up and back. And it was a really wonderful way to thank them. And I think it just was a little bit extra than the thank you card and the bouquet of flowers. Right. Well, I'm careful about gifting experiences. There is a little more risk, I think, if you don't know the person very well. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. The last thing you want to do is give someone a day at the spa for a massage and find out that they can't stand being touched by strangers. That actually happened to me. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I gave someone a gift certificate for a massage and a year later I saw the gift certificate stuck under a magnet on the front of their fridge. Oh, no. When I asked them why they hadn't used it, they said that they were afraid that they would like it too much. Really? That's crazy. I'm dead serious. They were afraid that they would like the experience so much that they'd want to go all the time, but they couldn't afford to go for a massage all the time. So they just didn't go. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is like truly a lesson in self-control, right? You would never have that problem with me, Walker. Just it, just so you know, if you give me a massage at a spa, I will use it. Okay. I will use it. Well, thanks for making that clear. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also have a pretty honest family member who tells me flat out, thanks, but I won't really use it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's brutal honesty. <laughs> I even knew them pretty well as their family. But according to the website, allgiftsconsidered.com, if you don't know the person well, it is better to purchase an edible gift instead hmm. of a gift that they'd be expected to hang on to for years. Hmm. Any gift fail experiences for you? Yes, there is one big gift fail <laughs> in my past. And it kind of is related to the whole not being crafty thing. When we were first married, we had no money at all. And Christmas rolled around and, you know, we were expected to get presents for all both sides of the family. And uh, so I went to the craft store, Walker. It was it was not a good decision. Unattended. <laughs> yes. Unattended, which was even worse. If I had brought you with me, things would have I'd gone a little bit hand. better. Oh, my Lord. So I gave that year handmade hand painted I should say gifts to every member of my family and 
I am still embarrassed <laughs> about it to this day. So that was a big fail. What about you? Just minor disappointments. I, it was on the receiving end. I think I was expecting something sentimental from somebody one year, like maybe an engagement ring, and I got a backpack. Oh, oh <laughs> a backpack. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a little bit of a lunch bag letdown. <laughs> practical, though. Very practical. Yeah, I would say they missed the mark. I also got a practical present like that from my husband once. It was a pressure cooker. So maybe that makes you feel a wee bit better <laughs> well i have received some unusual gifts i once received cake as a hostess gift with a piece taken out of it already that it was actually probably two or three pieces it was a pretty big gap in the cake <laughs> in the cake it looked more like a letter c than- oh my gosh that is insane <laughs> did they explain it at all no, I, I, they were very casual about it. And she said, oh, well, you know, we had some company and I thought you might enjoy this. So I figured I'd bring it over. Okay. All right. Another time I received a housewarming gift of some used magazines and a couple of mandarin oranges. Oh, that's, there was a lot of thought going <laughs> well, into that one, maybe? It, it, it was nice to receive something regardless, but it was very different than I would probably bring somebody as a housewarming gift. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best gift that you've ever personally received? That is a tough question. There have been a lot of, I've been really fortunate, a lot of nice gifts in my in my life but I think the best most recent gift was um, a trip to Mexico for my 50th birthday which was delayed because of the pandemic so we're going to be taking it in January and uh, this was gifted to me by my my family so I'm going to be spending a week with my gorgeous nephew Mm -hmm. and my sisters and my sisterish and uh yeah i'm really excited so i'll be talking to you from there postcards from mexico in january can't wait yeah what about you Mm, hard question again as as you i've been lucky to receive so many thoughtful gifts over the years i don't know if i can narrow it down to just one or two um often everybody who knows me knows i'm a big sap so i do receive some sentimental gifts um I don't know. I don't know if I could mention any that, you know, they'd mean something to me, but I don't know if they'd mean anything to anybody listening, really. Well, can you just tell us about one? Come on. One. Uh, Okay. Okay. So I had a friend of mine at one point who was studying the same research topic, ancient ship construction. Okay. Um, And they sent me the most beautiful museum quality book. No reason at all, which made it even nicer on the wall paintings from the island of Akrotiri, mm. which included this huge pull-out picture of a, of a wall painting um, with a ship procession in it. And it, it was an important archaeological find, still is today, and an important aspect of my research, So, and both our research. So that's what made it even more sentimental. Yeah, that's a beautiful, very, very thoughtful gift. Have you ever forgotten to buy somebody a gift, particularly at Christmas when you're buying for so many other people? You know what? I'm really careful at Christmas, particularly when the kids were small. I would lay out Mm -hmm. their gifts and count them so that nobody would be feeling like have their nose at a joint because somebody was getting more Mm -hmm. than they were because I don't like fights on Christmas. (laughs) But I also always keep like 10 boxes of chocolates handy so that if I have forgotten somebody I can 
quickly and they're wrapped quickly just give it mm. to them with with a holiday card good idea yeah. elaine swan the founder of swan school of protocol says that we shouldn't get too worked up though if this happens hmm. she suggests that we just say thank you and although it feels a little painful for us the awkwardness typically passes quite quickly well that's good to know yeah yeah, there's so much to learn about the practice and customs surrounding gift giving. I'm sure it's expressed differently depending on the cultural context too. So take a guess as to what the most luxurious gift ever given was. Definitely not one that I've received, probably. <laughs> yeah, I actually couldn't narrow it down to just one. So instead, I figured I'd just name a few. Okay. Just in case people were looking for some gift ideas. And for the record, I've never received any of these. But of course, if someone receives duplicates, I'm willing to sort of take a couple off your hand there. So, okay. So yeah. a little re-gifting to, to, to you. Absolutely. Excellent. Very generous. I thought so. Okay. So... Yachts and jets, of course, are often gifted. These extravagant gifts often between celebrities and wealthy people. Mm -hmm. We all know of Anne Boleyn, Queen of England, right? Yeah. She reportedly had a fountain made of gold and silver encrusted with rubies and pearls for King Henry VIII. Hmm. And it said that it was intended to provide guests with rose water to rinse their hands. Oh, how lovely. That would have been a very handy item during the pandemic. <laughs> it certainly would have. I did not have one of those. Neither did I. <laughs> one of the most publicly celebrated gifts was given by the legendary Oprah Winfrey. Hmm. She gifted 2,400 women and their besties, aunts, daughters, and moms a 10-day Mediterranean cruise. Oh, I would have loved to have been on that cruise. I love Oprah. She's the best. There are so many over-the-top gifts celebrities gift each other. One stands out, though. American boxer Mike Tyson bought Robin Givens, his then-wife, a 24-carat solid gold bathtub for her birthday. Wow. It was estimated to be worth, at the time, over $2 million. A $2 million bathtub. Mm -hmm. Wow. I wonder if it's hard to clean a solid gold bath. Maybe she didn't really have to worry about that, though. Probably not. You may know this one already, though, Harris. The largest gift ever given. What is it? I don't know if I do know it. You do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Statue of Liberty. Oh, right, okay. A gift from France to the United States in 1885 to commemorate the centennial of the French Revolution. Yes, I do know it. <laughs> I told now, ya. did you know that there are at least 12 copies of that statue in France alone and even more in the U.S.? I did not. There you, you stumped go. me. There you go. Good, good. Well, gift giving between friendly countries is common, but there are some unique gift giving customs that I discovered while researching this episode. For instance, in China and other Asian countries, it's common for the person receiving the gift to refuse the gift two or three times. There's a back and forth of polite, you take it. No, I couldn't. No, please take it. Hmm, that's interesting. It is, but you know, we think it's a little different, but we actually do this sort of thing when you give somebody a gift and they said, oh, you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And the other person says, no, really, it's just something little. Don't worry. Yeah, just you know, a little token of my appreciation, something yes. like that. So, so we true. sort of do something so similar to that. Yeah. Now, it's also considered respectful in China to offer a gift with both hands. Yeah, I knew this. I'm not really sure what the reason is behind it, but it it's you hand over money or your business card too in Asia with both hands 
Now, Thai culture seems to be quite modest about their gift-giving rituals. In order to avoid putting the recipient in an uncomfortable situation, they prefer less showy, less expensive, and more meaningful gifts. Oh, that's kind of nice. It's interesting to note there, though, that they also are particular about the process of unwrapping gifts. Ah. Instead of quickly unwrapping your gift, you are supposed to be careful when removing the paper. Okay, that drives me crazy. (laughs) When I was a kid, my dad would try and encourage us three girls to be very careful opening the paper. Don't rip the paper. Peel off the scotch tape. And seriously, it was like torture. Torture. So I'm I'm not a big fan of ripping and throwing the paper around, but I still I can't I can't deal with it, it happens too slowly. <laughs> Good to know. Well, I tend to be a ripper when it comes to unwrapping gifts and have my own unwrapping gift trauma. My brother, (laughs) at Christmas, we used to alternate one gift for him, one for me, one for him, one for me. And he was so slow. That kills me. So slow peeling back the tape. And I would rip mine open. And yeah, he would make me wait for what seems like years for to get around to my turn again. Yeah, they do it on purpose. It's like a form of torture. Absolutely. Right? So like in Thai culture, the people of South Korea are not super keen on expensive gifts. There is a concern that the recipient will feel pressure to give a gift in return of the same value. Mm-hmm. Also, gifts like knives and scissors, which are sharp, are considered a gift of bad luck, and they represent the cutting of your relationship. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, one more thing. Never write the card in red ink or give a red card, as this is associated with death. Oh, well, that is definitely... Uh, faux pas in that culture then because that's not very cheery exactly to go along always with remember gifts. that yeah but cards are pretty important though aren't they they express the gift givers sentiments in in words yes in fact the whole presentation of the gift has importance supposedly a 1992 study indicated people rate the exact same present higher if it's wrapped in beautiful paper and ribbons than if it's left unwrapped hmm. I don't know, perhaps it's a subconscious thought that the gift is more valuable if the person took the time to wrap it in a pleasant way. Perhaps it's a little bit of that we eat with our eyes first influence here. Could be, could be. The study, though, suggests that we connect gift wrapping with happy events in our lives. Oh. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that in Egypt, presents must be wrapped twice over, first in plain paper and then again in bright colored wrapping paper. This goes back to the times when peasants would give gifts to the pharaoh as it apparently gave the impression that something more valuable was hidden inside. Now in China, gifts wrapped in red indicate that the gift giver is wishing the recipient good luck. If it's in yellow, happiness. So not the same superstition then as held in South Korea where you don't use red lettering or red envelopes. But I have learned that wrapping your presents with super jazzy paper might fool the recipient into thinking it's more valuable than it actually is. This is a tip I'm going to put into practice this holiday season, Walker, with my children. But not for my gift. But not for your (laughs) gift. Your gift is safe. Your gift is safe. So let's wrap this up. No matter how you give and receive, gift giving has been an important facet of human behavior for time immemorial. From dowries to donations, a gift should be just that, a gift a token of appreciation or love given with heartfelt emotion and not from a sense of obligation. So start scouring the shelves as we approach the high season of the gift. 
Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your hosts, Harrison Walker. Follow us each week as we continue the conversation.